Javon Hargrave will be a South Carolina State Hall of Famer. Chelsea Lucas is no longer the volleyball coach at Grambling. And Texas Southern just recruited a foundational piece for the basketball team. Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. You can follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. I want to talk to you. I love to talk to you. Shout out one, one of the people from yesterday's or Monday's episode, I should say, actually tweeted out at me and said who he felt the three permanent opponents for Prairie View should be. So that's why I tell my Twitter out or get my Twitter out for it. That's what I want to hear. Anyway, let's talk about Javon Hargrave because Javon Hargrave is about to be immortalized as one of the greats. The great ones go down in history. You do not forget them in a way that you will never forget the great ones, depending on the sport, is by being in the Hall of Fame. You can be in your Team Hall of Fame, you can be in like a collegiate sport Hall of Fame, a professional Hall of Fame, your school, your team. It does not matter. You have all of these Hall of Fames. But either way, once you enter a Hall of Fame, you are immortalized as one of the greats. You are a legend. For example, I don't know if Arlington has a Hall of Fame, but if I ever go down to Arlington Hall of Fame, just know that I'm an AMA legend, right? So it's things like that. That is one of the greatest honors that you can possibly have. And Javon Hargrave now has that honor when it comes to South Carolina State. And when you look at his resume, it's something that it's almost a no-brainer. You're talking about 37 sacks, five uh, forced fumbles, I believe, over, nearly 300 tackles. This guy was an absolute dominant presence when he was at South Carolina State. And not only on the MEAC level, well, I'm talking about FCS. I'm talking about in his senior year, he was top 10 in tackles for a loss, 22 of them, in the whole FCS. This is a guy who, as a junior, was third in the nation, FCS, third in the nation in sacks with 16. And it was those two seasons, his junior, his senior year, it was those years that allowed him to be a back-to-back MEAC defensive player of the year when playing at South Carolina State. End topic. <laughs> end topic because that right there is the legendary performance and it tells you with that with that catalog or not that catalog but that resume i've been having my mind kind of on music and discussing catalogs but we're locked on hbcu mode now right so let's shift gears and we're talking about that resume that collegiate resume it ain't no doubt there's no doubt that he's one of the best players he deserves to be in this hall of fame and immortalize and he had a couple of things to say about south carolina state two years ago when he signed with the Eagles. And I didn't want to read them because I think it's really representative of HBCU success stories. And that's why I really want to highlight it. So he said, I owe a lot to South Carolina State. They took a chance on me and mentored me, helped me on the way. I like to say that we always get it out the mud. The one thing about South Carolina State is 
I've seen people before me go into the league, the NFL, of course. So I knew that I had a chance to go to the NFL just looking at some of the people before me. That's representative of a success story on an HBCU level to me because they took a chance on me. Listen, most HBCU recruits are taking a quote-unquote chance, right? Because a lot of times it isn't the player who is highly recruited. It's not the player who had a ton of options. You know, that's just typically how things have gone. Of course, we want to shift that. But if we're going to shift it, we got to be real and say a lot of players weren't highly recruited. And, and listen, that's not about talent. You know, I was talking to um, I was talking to Andrew Body, quarterback for Texas Southern. He was like, I did this, that, and the third in high school. However, when you look at my recruitment, it wasn't like that. Or people in the city, it was not like that. And I think that is something that needs to be completely ironed out. It's not about, oh, you know, the HBCU got to take the less talented players. No, it's just sometimes recruitment does not equal talent. And Javon Hargrave is one of the stories that really just shows that because look what he's doing in the league now. But it is a chance, and I'm glad he mentioned that. And then also he said South Carolina State has done so much as far as players going into the league. He's seen that. And that was that specific to South Carolina State, of course, but just in HBCUs in general, it's the fact that it's not as if people can't make it from here. And I know a lot of, of, of people who are advocating for HBCUs are saying, like, you can come to an HBCU and still make it to where you want to go. Hargrave is, is kind of explaining or expressing that same thought as he's seen it. So I love that story. I love those two quotes. And since he's left South Carolina, because he was a North Carolina, I think it was a North Carolina kid that he moved down to South Carolina. So since he's left the Carolinas, he's went to Pennsylvania and he stayed there for his whole career. He got drafted by the Steelers, actually had a, a touchdown in his first year, in his first season as a defensive tackle. He had a touchdown. So that's impressive. Right. But then also you're looking at a player who, after four years at Pittsburgh, Ended up getting a $13 million per year contract. Look, I ain't counting the man pockets, but I just want you to know he got paid paid nicely as a defensive tackle to go over to Pitt to uh, excuse me, to go to Philadelphia. So he stayed in Pennsylvania, but then he ended up just migrating elsewhere within the country or within the state and saying, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and be a Philadelphia Eagle now. And last year is where he really kind of took off. And you're hoping that trajectory continues. He's going into another career or another contract season after a career year, two years back to back. Oh, that's going to be, that's going to have them pockets heavy. All right, let's just get out there. That's going to have the pockets heavy in the sense that you've shown that it wasn't a fluke. You can do it two years in a row. It's not even a question of, oh, well, maybe he's just balling like that because it's a contract year. No, I've done that the last two years. And in 2021, he pretty much upped most of his statistical categories. He set, I think, nearly five career highs. And he got his first Pro Bowl mention. And in addition to that, let's take the stats out the way. NFL.com using their next-gen stats said he was the ninth most disruptive defender in the whole NFL. And he and Aaron Donald were the only two defensive tackles to actually make that list. If you and Aaron Donald are the only two defensive tackles to make the list, you're in pretty good company. And when you look at his quarterback pressure rate, it was 15%, which was really good. And, and as far as how impactful it was because yes you can get to the quarterback and maybe not making that much of an impact he actually forced three turnovers based off of his pressure whether that was forced fumbles interceptions rush throws things like that just three turnovers were coming off of his pressure that's most and most that's more than most defensive tackles so 
when you're looking at the impact that he's made at the league, he's continued that trajectory. I'm proud that he's going to be a South Carolina State Hall of Famer. His resume, his back-to-back MEAC Defensive Players of the Year is definitely one thing that you're going to say, oh, got to get that guy in there. And that's what he's done. He's went to the NFL, had a successful career, and he's probably top five, I think, top five HBCU players to come out in the last 10 years or top five, I don't want to say come out, but top five HBCU players in the league as far as what they have accomplished over the last 10 years. I'm going to just say, just throw that number out there. So I'm going with that. I think that Javon Hargrave has had a really successful career, and I'm glad that we're looking forward to his future and what he can do in Philadelphia. You can also look, look back to his past at South Carolina State and say, hey, this guy was a legend, and we're going to immortalize him in the South Carolina State Hall of Fame. As we continue going forward, we're going to be talking about Chelsea Lucas because three months after the allegations that she kicked everybody off the Grambling volleyball team, she has been fired. So let's talk about what has transpired in the last three months and then what happens to the players who are kicked off the team. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Rock Auto because if you need something fixed on your car, Rock Auto is the place to go. How many times do I have to tell you there are so many benefits to going to Rock Auto? I personally like staying in the comfort of my own house. I love it. I don't I don't want to have to get up and go out and, and go to the auto parts store. No. And then also when I go to those stores, the prices are a lot of times 30, 50, 70 percent more expensive when I'm at those stores. So why would I go out of my house to then go to a store that's going to charge me more? Maybe not have a lot of options. Tell me I can only select this one thing. It doesn't make sense to me. I get to sit here right in this chair like I'm talking to you right now. I get to get on rockauto.com. I get to get whatever I want at a significantly cheaper price. Sign me up any day of the week that ends with a Y. Rock Auto is the place to go for your floor mats, your side mirrors, your tail lights, anything. Your, your fuel pumps, spark plugs, everything you could think of. So much easier to get, so much less expensive. Easy and cheaper and still have the same quality. Sign me up for Rock Auto, and when you go, tell them Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us section. All right, as we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day I do appreciate it, and I want to tell you about Chelsea Lucas because Chelsea Lucas is controversial, short, tenure, at Grambling State as the head volleyball coach has come to an end with really not much fanfare. It was, she's gone, right? Like I would have thought that with as much fanfare that came with the controversy, I would have heard this a lot more on the social media side of things, but it happened. You see a couple of outlets say that she was, uh, that she was released, fired, however you want to say it, but not exactly the same publicity and strength that happened on April 5th. Because on April 5th, it came out that, hey, Chelsea Lucas, the new volleyball coach at Grambling at the time, she let everybody go. All the players, not a singular player from last year's team was able to roll over. And that felt a bit strange. What what, what Brian Windhorst said, there's something strange happening in Grambling. Right? <laughs> they have a couple of practices, and then she lets everybody go. Now, why would she do that? That's how I felt when reading the story. It felt too odd. It almost felt unbelievable. Like everybody, not a singular player was good enough to roll over. 
there's got to be more to this story. There has to be more to this story. And I'm I'm reading, I'm looking, and as the story begins begins to gain more traction and everybody's covering it because it is such an odd story. But as that's happening, now you have other players coming on and saying, well, Coach Lucas did that to us in her previous stops. So now it's not just Gramley. Now it's not just the team getting released. And they're saying she's bringing in her own team. Walk-ons gone. People with scholarships gone. And understand that scholarships are not promised every year. You can lose your scholarship. But the idea that everybody loses their scholarship is not a tad bit abnormal. It's very abnormal. You just don't see it often. But apparently Chelsea Lucas has a history of these things. And according to the Grambling players, there was a couple of practices. They were kind of like sham practices as if they weren't really being given a chance to earn their spot on the team. They weren't really given their chance to show that they belonged. It was just, okay, we had a couple of practices as if this was an excuse to say I did have practices. Now other other players from former teams come out and speak out. And now it's a big ordeal. That was three months ago. Mind you, when you purchase something, you usually get like a 90-day return policy. Well, Grambling used every single day because April 5th was the day that all this came out, and then July 5th was the day that she got fired. They had a 90-day period in between the allegations and the firing. And I guess on that 90th day, they decided, yeah, this this ain't what we want, big dog. This This ain't what we signed up for. We don't need this. But Truly and honestly, what happened in between those 90 days? There was a lot. And at first, it felt as if Grambling was going to stick by, by her. And not to bring up sore subjects and whatnot, I don't, this was hard. Because at the time, if, if, my, if my math and, and my timing is correct, I believe that wasn't too far after the Art Bryles situation. I'm thinking April 5th. I think that was around that time. I think it was still fairly fresh. I think it was still fairly fresh, um, the hiring and everything. I don't think having two of these coaches with controversy was feeling like Grambling has some bad hiring practices at the time. But the story was still fresh. It was still new. I think a lot of people didn't really have all the information. So Grambling said she has full autonomy of what she's going to do with the with the program and we're going to basically stand by her so they kind of gave her a a vote of confidence at the beginning of it but they also said that they're going to have a law firm investigate and i think that was the right thing have an independent investigation not your own but independent of you independent of the people who did the hiring to say hey maybe there's something that we missed and here's where last time i mentioned our bryles but here's why i think they did much better is because you could say you didn't know about Chelsea Lucas's past, but once you did and it was presented in front of you, you said, you know what? We don't want that in our program. And I think that was the right decision because I'm assuming that that independent investigation found her unfit to lead the team. It wasn't a situation where, well, we back her fully. No, we back her until we think, until we know she did something wrong. See, I think they said the allegations are not true. She can do whatever she wants with the program. And yes, to an extent, that's true. It just felt like an abuse of power. And now when you hear all the things that she's done, I'm assuming that's what the law firm was able to find. And that's the reason she isn't your coach anymore. But what happens to those players? Because they've already been released off their scholarship. Their their scholarships have been renewed. So any player that was under scholarship for the 2022-23 scholastic year, 
they are going to be back under scholarship for the 2022-2022 to 2023 scholastic year. So that's what you can expect from them as far as who will be on the team. I don't know how many people Coach Luke has contacted to be on that team, but I'm going to assume those people can still be there as well. So it kind of, I guess, maybe have more scholars. I don't know how, that, how that's going to work and everything. But I, it, it's, a, it's an interesting premise of the people that she said could come versus the people she said got to go. Who's going to be valued? Who's going to get walk-ons? I know they only have a certain amount of scholarships. So I don't know. This will be interesting to watch going forward. Right now, they do not have a volleyball coach, but they, of course, will have a volleyball season. Likely will have an interim coach for this year. And then going forward, they'll do another hiring cycle and they'll get somebody probably for the 2023 volleyball season. That's my projection and my guess on what will happen. As we move forward, we're going to be talking about Sean Jones Jr., a big time recruit out of high school for Texas Southern, kind of breaking that cycle of all the transfer portal players. But it also has the potential to break a cycle of the ability to facilitate the offense in a certain kind of way. I want to talk about that when we come back. Before that, I want to tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market, bar none. They have a multitude of flavor, multitude of textures. They have everything. So I, I refuse to believe that there's somebody who can go through every single Built Bar and not find at least one, no, find multiple flavors that they like. I refuse to believe there's somebody out there who can do it. But then also they have the Puff, which is the marshmallow. They have the regular built bar, which is the regular. And then they also have the granola bar. And all three of those variations are going to come loaded with protein. They're going to be very low in fat, very low in, in, in total fat, excuse me. So you're going to look at a situation where I can snack on this. You're going to look at a situation where I can eat this before my workout. It's the Swiss Army knife of protein bars for a reason because they have a multitude of purposes. If you want to just eat it because it tastes good, you can do that and not have to feel guilty. So much we talk about these guilty pleasures. No more hiding this in a drawer on your desk. I can sit this right here on my table and let everybody know I'm eating this birthday cake, birthday cake built puff. Because it's delicious and it's healthy for you. And you can find it at built.com. Use the promo code locked on or locked 15 for 15% off your offer. That is locked 15 for 15% off your offer at built.com. All right, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I want to talk about Sean Jones Jr., a foundational piece we hope for the Texas Southern Tigers because this is a high school kid, 6'5", forward, out of Pearland, Texas, about 185 pounds. So he's a local kid, right? So Pearland is right there, on, right there by Houston, in the Houston area, really. So you go right up the road, you made it. So I'm sure that he's heard a lot about Texas Southern growing up. I'm sure that he's, he's even heard a lot about Prairie View growing up. But I will say this. I got to commend the people who raised him because obviously they taught him well because he heard about TSU and he heard about PB, but he knew which one he needed to land at. And that's the best out. You know, he had to go to Texas Southern. It, P, PB wasn't even a choice if we just <laughs> be honest about it. So we obviously know that he's raised right. He got a good head on his shoulders. So that's a plus. But what about what is he on the court? And like I said, he's a 6'5" forward he's a small forward i don't think that texas southern will really even use him as a stretch for in the sense of when they're playing small ball maybe for a, a quick second but i know that they like 
to have a big I'm trying to think of a, a, a I'm trying to think of that I've seen somebody his size who's played that that small ball four and I don't think so I, I I don't think that they have they typically like their their big fours and even when they go in a small ball the fours are still kind of on the bigger side so I don't really think that you'll have to see him in the post too much but that's okay that's perfectly fine right I don't expect him to join that that legacy of real good big men that came out of Texas Southern, but I think that he has the potential to build maybe not his own legacy, but to break a cycle. And one cycle that I know he'll break is the transfer portal cycle. Because you look at last year's TSU Tigers, every single player came from the transfer portal. Now, some were there for longer, you know, like you have players who like, like John Jones, he was there for three years as a transfer um justin hopkins i think he was there for two or three years as a transfer right jordan carl nicholas um you're looking at him he was there for two years as a transfer so it wasn't all one and done player but they all did come from a different school now with sean jones you have the ability to possibly have a homegrown talent and this is this is a foundation because in theory you should be able to hold on to your high school recruits longer than your transfer recruits that's in theory so I and I like it, but when I'm talking about breaking a cycle, that's not the one that I'm excited about him breaking. Yes, I think it's cool and I think it's fun that oh you, you got a high schooler. Like I know they've done it before, but when you're looking at last year's team, completely is a transfer portal squad. I just think it's a little bit risky. I'm not really a risky person. I'm kind of a risk averse guy, but um, that's just me personally. That's just me personally. Um, of course, there's a little bit of risk that comes with high schoolers, too. But, you know, when you're looking at just as far as the time that they'll be in your program, high schoolers are kind of fun because they'll probably be here for four years, likely. That's probably what you're looking at if everything goes well for you. Now, the cycle that I'm excited about him possibly breaking is when you look how people talk about him, they say he's versatile on defense and has a lot of upside offensively. That upside offensively gets me excited. Because when I'm looking at what Texas Southern does offensively, I don't think they've had a player who they could run the offense through on the wing since Zach Lofton in like 2017. I'm talking about in the last five years. I don't think that TSU has had a player. And I got to be careful because I know these guys. And I don't mean in a sense that, oh, we all buddy, buddy. I might go down to Houston and kick it with these guys. No, I don't mean in that sense. I mean in the way that I know these players and I don't want to make it seem like there weren't good players. There was really good players on the wing at the at the two and the three for Texas Southern over the past couple of years, but I don't think there were guys who you run the offense through. For the last five years, it felt as if the offense was ran through the bigs and the point. I'm thinking guys like Trey Jefferson, Tariq Armstrong. I already told you there's a bunch of bigs. There's a bunch of bigs, right? You know, we just had a big go get drafted in Bryson Gresham, or not get drafted, but go to the NBA Summer League. So there's bigs at Texas Southern that really control the paint. And then there's also your point guards like Tyreek, like uh, Trey Jefferson. Those are some of the players that I think of when I'm talking about running the offense. But after Zach Lofton, there's been really good players, but none that the offense would facilitate towards. And if he can hit that upside, I'm not trying to put that pressure on the young man right now. But what I'm saying is with that upside that they're saying he has offensively, that's something that he can do. That's something he can break, a five-year drought of having that kind of player. And it's not that you need that player there, but it is kind of cool that you have a player who's coming out of Pearland, and he was highly recruited. So I don't want to just say, like, oh, you got to recruit. Like, let's just do it. No, he was highly recruited. 
before coming to Texas Southern, he was committed to, to Texas State. And he also had an offer from LSU, which I mentioned because it was one of his premier out-of-state offers. I don't want to make it seem like he's just a Texas guy with Texas um, offers because he also did get Rice. He also got TCU, but he also got Houston. UH is a school with a long basketball history. They're not a school who is just going to say, oh, that guy's from Pearland. Let's check him out. Yes, they might have a better look at him because he's a local prospect. But if they don't think you can contribute, they're not offering you that. And that's a big deal to be able to contribute for Houston. Now, the last guy who came from Houston was Bryson Gresham. Bryson Gresham is now in the summer league. But he came rather late, right? You're looking at a guy who had that Houston nod and now on your team as a freshman. You can even register him if you need to and give him a little bit of time. But I think that this is a guy who is going to be a foundational piece for Texas Southern coming in as a high school student or coming in as a high school athlete and going to be a true freshman. I am so excited for this move. And I think that it is big time. Now, I appreciate you coming on and listening to me talk about the Sean Jones, the Chelsea Lucas, the Javon, uh, Javon Hargrave. Man, I love it. And I appreciate you so much for making us your first listen of the day every day and tomorrow's episode is feature friday my favorite day of the week now I, things happen but feature friday is something that i really do enjoy doing so make sure you are checking that out for your second listen of the day make sure you are checking out all of our conference shows locked on acc locked on sec locked on big 10 big 12 make sure you are checking all of those programs out because just like them i am also a conference show of sorts talking about the whole hbcu landscape and if you're looking for me in the meantime in between time you can find me on twitter at south exclusives until the next time that we hear each other family take care stay blessed peace